The last time we caught up with our next guest, award-winning comic author, playwright, actor and director Ben Elton, COVID was yet to take hold and the only concern touring comedy was political correctness. People say to me, you're going on tour, oh, you're brave. I say, what? I said, well, you can't say anything these days, can you? <laughs> yeah. It's rubbish. Yeah. This idea <laughs> like that, that the world is being constrained by political correctness. Political correctness is just generally people having better manners. This is a right-wing trope, the idea that <laughs> radical lefties are constraining intellectual freedom. Funny, then, how Trump, Morrison and Johnson all got elected within the same couple of years. Now, 15 years since his last stand-up tour of Oz, Ben's bringing his new show, Ben Elton Live 2021, to a city near you in March and April. Please welcome to the show, Ben Elton. Just wish he'd come out of his shell (laughs) and say what he's thinking. So hard. To get an opinion. How are you, Ben? Welcome back to the program. Good to be back. I can't believe it. This is me, me doing PR for the very first time in a, a, a bleak year for the, for the, for the whole world. I, it felt so good to get up this morning <laughs> and think, we're trying. We're going to try and get some live theatre and live entertainment going again. So, so good to be back. A bit ambitious, I would have thought, at this stage. But I've, we've seen your tour dates and they're comprehensive. You love doing a, a lap around this country. And I, it gives me great joy to know that you're out there, frontline troops, entertaining people in all corners of this great country. We hope so. I mean, it definitely is a seat of the pants job. You know, fingers crossed and bum firmly corked for this one, mate. i got to tell you, because it only takes somebody, somebody sneezes in Tasmania <laughs> and the borders... <laughs> The board has yeah. come down. And we're all cooked. Exactly. We're all self-isolating in individual barrels. So, you know, I'm just hoping that, <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, people will, uh, that I'll, will just get it. I, I just think my promoter, Live Nation, Michael Coppola, said, look, let's, let's try and do it. And, and I'm going to be there. If people want to see, want to have a night out and, and try and Great. try and move on, then uh, I'll be there with them. I love it. You've called it Live 2021. It's, it's not the most imaginative <laughs> title. I, what about what about Lock Up Your Daughters Tour or... Some the, the glass spider tour or something huge. Still alive, twenty twenty one. I mean, I'm sixty one, and also I'm apparently I'm a high risker because I've got psoriasis, and I'm on a I'm on one of these um, biologic suppressants. So the fact that I'm here at all, oh, wow. I think, is a testimony to the strength of our of our borders. But of course, our our Saint Mark over here in Western Australia is very safe. He loves He's a mask. He, he, oh, he plays very hardball. He brushes his teeth with a mask on. Does Mark? I tell you. <laughs> He's kept us safe, but I'm I'm going to burst out and, and yes. cross a few borders if I'm allowed. And and 2021 live, to, it's a lot of it will be the material from you know that was so as I said to you last time. I did 90 gigs in the UK yes. as a kind of warm up tour for my Australian <laughs> presence, uh, and then we got stopped dead by a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and now I've got to readjust all that material. I mean, I was doing. 10 minutes, well, about all this, this sort of oversharing of, a, of, of the millennial generation and how the whole, it had even got to the dinner table. You know, we share our salt. Everyone's dipping in the same little little <laughs> dish of cubes of, of, of rock salt and dipping their bread in the same dish of, of balsamic and oil. Well, blimey, you know, I used to say I don't want somebody using the fingers they've blown their nose with the fosky in my condiments. <laughs> I mean, these days, we've got to be 200 metres apart when we're eating at dinner. Right. So, so that material's going to take some rewriting, Mick, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you, the COVID's put, put, put an end to the great tradition of the old bar nuts. <laughs> oh, oh, certainly has. You have been locked down in WA. By the way, well played. The safest city in the world Completely. to duke out COVID. But have you not 
travelled back at all? Have you been? No, no. It's it's. I tell you, you know, I don't. It's slightly more serious. No, of course, we in, in West Australia yep. have been incredibly lucky. Had a wonder. What you know, as as far as a good time during COVID goes, we've had very few restrictions. <laughs> yep. But for me, the price of that has been locked borders. It's not possible to leave. It's not possible to get back in, or at, at least under very difficult circumstances. So my family and friends. My mother's ninety-two. Um, even if I was in Britain, I couldn't see her because uh, she's only allowed one person in a bubble. So my other brother is in a bubble with her. She he can go and visit. Yep. So yeah, that's look. Everyone has their their, their COVID stories, and I, I certainly have mine. I, and, it, and it is a funny thing to be able to go to the pub and and enjoy a night out, as we have done in Western Australia for many months. Yep. But also to know that so many friends and loved ones are doing it so hard. Not just in Melbourne, as we know, but but in the UK, and they're still locked down as we speak. Mm. So yeah, that's a, that's a tough. One thing. of the great things about being in Australia is you get to look at the world in the third person. How do you fit, being looking at it mm. from here and you see the UK? How do you think they've gone? Have they handled it? I just remember these great pictures from the war and the Second World War. People are going to work with briefcases, like climbing over rubble, and just had this <laughs> great. Uh, it won't get on get with us. it, sort of thing, wasn't get, it? Kind of, let's mm. let's get yeah. on with it. How do you think they've mm. gone? with the pandemic? Well, I, I think the human spirit is generally worldwide. I, I don't subscribe to this idea of sort of deep national characteristics, you know, like particularly in, in Australia where we seem to talk about nothing else, you know, oh, mateship. <laughs> oh, we're mates, that's what we do. Because cause nobody's friends in Belgium. You know? I mean, they hate, you know. You know, somebody says mon ami, you say, what do you think, I'm an Australian or what? Um, so, look, I, I think the British, it, it's been very hard and, um, and the spirit I think we've seen again, and I don't want to get cliche, but it has been uplifting to see the way ordinary people have allowed their, their, their freedoms to, to disappear in defence of, of the vulnerable, because this is a hard one. I mean, we know that the most vulnerable people in, the, in, in, in society are the old, yep. you know, and so we're sort of, a young generation is sacrificing itself for an older generation, but here we see fine Finally, the uh, the vaccines rolling out, and it couldn't come too soon because I was beginning to worry they might not be able to inoculate the over nineties before they died of old age. <laughs> but thank goodness, it's too soon, too soon. <laughs> no, 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 I'm can, all in. Can we afford that level of comedy? I, you know I, me; I haven't been proven to be the best judge on this stuff, but I'm all uh, for it. Uh, and I got to the point where I started to think our health minister Greg Hunt may be an anti-vaxxer. It's taken. It, yeah, why are we so late? I don't uh, know. We keep saying we're on track. On track for what? There were a lot of a lot of um, mistakes made in Britain. Some some of which I have sympathy for. Nobody knew how this was going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, I have no great love for Boris Johnson, but not, yep. a, not a great job to, to, be, to be boss during these periods. But uh, I'm really hoping that the UK vaccine, which really has been testimony to our magnificent National Health Service, a, yep. a Labour Party invention from 1945, I should like <laughs> well to say, uh, which has allowed the uh, infrastructure to do such an efficient rollout. And I, I can only hope we can do the same thing here in Australia. It, it, it's, a, it's been a long time coming and we can't wait. I bet you can't, mate. I can't. I just can't wait mm. to get out there. I'll just be yeah. sitting at home sending dick pics. And okay. it's just, <laughs> you know, I'm not on your distribution <laughs> list. <laughs> Let me in on your dick, for goodness sake. I feel very hurt. Hang about, Ben, because we're going to come back and talk to you more specifically about this ginormous tour that you've undertaken. And uh, I've seen you live. I just can't implore people enough to go and see this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hang about, Ben. We'll be back in a sec. Ben Elton is with us. This is Malloy on Triple M. This is Malloy on Triple M. Ben Elton is with us from our 92.9 Triple M Perth studios and... Ben Elton Live 2021 is touring the country from March, livenation.com.au. There's a bunch of uh, rescheduled shows, but uh, kicking off Margaret River 
Uh, Tuesday, oh, March 30. How well can I'm doing a season. I'm doing a season <laughs> in March. I've got two nights. You may never get out of there. I've got to tell you, I went, the biggest gig I ever played was Wembley Stadium when I was privileged oh to God. co-host wow. the Nelson Mandela welcome gig. Uh, and now okay. I'm playing Margaret River Heart Centre. <laughs> and I'm proud to do it. In COVID, you go where the work is, and it's lovely to go down. Did you have a crack at Nelson Mandela? Could you, <laughs> could you do a bit of riffing on him at any no, stage? No, well, I mean, he's my greatest. So many people uh, share that, that thought. Somebody who taught us i mean i think the phrase uh, you know uh, truth and reconciliation and i think that's something australia really needs to think about you can't have no. reconciliation without truth first you must acknowledge the wrongs and then then perhaps you can move on and certainly mandela who's who suffered more than most freedom fighters uh, uh, the fact that he was able to forgive and move on but only after acknowledging i don't know how we got onto that mick uh, he was saying did i have a crack at him uh, I've, <laughs> no, that's right did you take down Lawrence olivier and i know you have two Lawrence olivier awards up your sleeve, but I Lawrence did. and I got nominated for a third, oh, and yeah. then we got closed down the next day. Oh, that's a COVID. It's that is a conspiracy. I had a play open in the West End. We got nominated and closed within oh. 24 hours. Well, you got you got two Lawrence Olivier Awards, three Baftas. The one I want to know about is the Eurovision Golden Rose Door Lifetime Achievement Award. What yes. what was that? Anything in specific or a lifetime you know, of work? Lifetime. Well, a specific <laughs> lifetime, I guess. It's mine. Uh, look, the, the the Golden Rose Door used to be called the Golden Rose of Montreux, but then they'd moved it to Lucerne, I don't know, corporate takeover. <laughs> uh, the, the European Television Festival used to be quite a, a very big thing, you yeah. know, because it was the only kind of non-American thing. It was it was European Television Awards, and and they give a lifetime achievement, and, and they gave one to me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, oh, I love an award. People say, oh, awards, they mean nothing, till you win one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like reviews. I tell you, honestly, reviews are all idiots oh, unless by any chance I happen to like what I've written, in which case they're geniuses. I mentioned Lawrence Olivier, and what I was going to say is because he once, for a movie called The Entertainer, mm. which was set in the world of vaudeville and... Uh, variety, uh, and, yeah, as in, such, and variety. Yeah, and he, he's, he, went, he went on stage and, and to get into the role and, and started doing stand-up or entertaining mm. in the musical variety. And he said to this day, out of everything I've ever done, that was by far the hardest thing I ever had to do. It is. Look, stand-up is, is the sharp end of performance comedy because you've got no one else with you, you know, you're, you're, you're relying on your own thoughts. It's a it's a it's a hard school, but it's it's a wonderfully rewarding one. And I don't see stand up as a competitive thing. I if somebody I don't get hecklers anymore, and I hope never to again because I to me it's it's not about oh I really beat the audience. I was so in control. <laughs> to me, stand up is an exchange of ideas. And when I say an exchange, I mean I'm I'm giving the best of my imagination and attempting to engage with the imagination of a thousand individuals in the audience or half a dozen yeah. if you play in Margaret River. <laughs> and it, it is you no, know, it's a great. It's going to be a yeah, nice sellout. They're yeah. letting us have sixty percent capacity, uh, two sellouts. But <laughs> so to to me, it's nerve wracking. But for me, it's not so much. I don't know, will they hate me? It's, w- will I be understood? There's that great 60s song, oh, oh, you know, oh, I'm just a boy whose intentions are good. Please don't let me be misunderstood. And I, I think it's getting complex ideas across and getting those laughs. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's an art form. I think stand-up is a great art form, and, uh, and I, 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 I want to do my best at it. And, by the way, it'd be hard to heckle because I've seen your show and it'd be hard to get a word in, quite <laughs> frankly. It's, you're not going to die wondering, hey, can you hang around for one more break? Absolutely. Ben Elton is with us. It is Malloy on Triple M, uh, still joined by Ben Elton, which is awesome. 2021, live 2021, you go to livenation.com.au. We're talking from Margaret River to Adelaide, Perth, Wollongong, Rockhampton, all around Australia. Get your tickets now. 
Um, and I've seen you live, and I've, it's just a thoroughly enjoyable, entertaining, and challenging evening because you, you are mucking around up, up the deep end of the pool. Uh, and I love that. So it's a man in a microphone. There's no no dance numbers. There's no no nine <laughs> costume changes like Diana Ross. You just come out and you you drill the audience. Well, I do change my shirt oh. in the interval. I oh have two Marks and Spencer's uh, uh, sports shirts, and I wear um, one in the first half and one in the second. Uh, <laughs> well. I'm very much the dad bod comedian, <laughs> uh, and uh, you certainly. Uh, <laughs> you certainly won't find any uh, sartorial uh, uh, surprises, but hopefully, uh, intellectually and comedically, uh, I'll be going down some 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 different roads and taking people with me. I hope. Do you enjoy enjoy touring and meeting people, or are you isolated? Do you have like a like a tour bus? Have you got groupies, or what are you doing, or are you just <laughs> kind of? Oh, look, it's it's me and my tour manager. It's a, it is quite a lonely experience, really, because you know you play town to town. If you at my age, if you want a, a, an audience to see, you've got to go to them i can't sit in <laughs> right. melbourne and play one arena and hope everyone will come to me you know uh, i'm not that big a draw but if i go to the towns if i go to newcastle or whatever then i think people are pleased to see me and that's great because it means you do see the country you do get to chat to people i always you know i i'm in the street and i maybe have a cup of coffee before oh, i'm coming to see you tonight mate and might have a little chat with people so that is a lovely thing for me as a writer because you know i sit at home writing sitcoms and plays and novels and to be able to get out on the road and I suppose meet the people who who, who like my stuff, it's a, it's it's obviously it's very humbling for me and it's also an education because mm. you know when you have a conversation with someone you always learn something uh, and so for me going back on the road and it's been a long time been 15 years yeah. when I started in the UK and that was mainly because I was sort of being a family person. As a writer, I could stay at home and be with my kids growing up. Yep. So I thought, well, I'm not going to go six months touring. But you do miss the soft, gentle hum of a hotel minibar <laughs> after, after a few years at home with the kids. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I can't sleep without that sound in the background. Oh, I love it. And the sound, to be actually exactly. out there, you don't, as you pointed out, you don't have to get up and read the papers to find out how you went. You kind of know there. Certainly. And then uh, when you stand, it's, it's no more brutal exercise than to stand in front of a room full of people and get immediate feedback. And taking a risk comedically. I mean, for, I was mentioning earlier, you know, all of us are conflicted about this extraordinary, uh, the COVID, which is, is so selective and attacks the vulnerable. Mm. And now I have a whole part of my set, set which is about my, it doesn't sound very funny, but you know, my dad got Alzheimer's and, and for five years, his, the last five years of his life were the five years he would have done anything to have avoided, except he no longer had the ability to avoid it. And I talk right. about that. I, I talk about yes. end of death. I'm, I'm big mates with Andrew Denton. Yep. I support his campaign for a more sure. adult attitude to end of life care. Uh, so I'm talking about that. And then, but obviously I'm a comedian and I want big laughs and my dad would want me to have big laughs if he was, well, he's gone now and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest and tell you, I'm glad he's gone because I know his life was not was what not he would have wanted yeah. it to be. Yeah. Each person takes their own view and I take mine and, I, and I'm prepared to speak out. So yeah, if you can get a laugh on subjects like that and really take people into interesting areas, but not in a depressing way, in an uplifting way, then of course... It feels good. And I think people, too, are ready for a community experience. We have been kind of locked mm. up. It has been a bit lonely and isolating. And I think the idea that you can now go out and have a shared experience with a room full of people, especially a laugh, I think oh is uh, a number one ticket item yeah. for most people out there at the moment just waiting for this experience. What can we say? There has been th theatre is part of the human life. We in Australia are the, uh, the, 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 the oldest human culture 
And from the very start, 60, 70,000 years ago now we're learning, theatre was at the heart of all communities, mm. ritual, uh, um, a festival, a spiritual, uplifting, the coming together, the sharing of a communal performance of some sort. Uh, it can be religious, it can be uh, a stand-up comedy, and it's gone. In, in Britain, we, the, the theatres didn't even close in the Blitz. You talked about Britain yes. going through World War II. Yes. The last time the theatres closed in Britain, the last time London was without theatre was in Shakespeare's day when they closed for pandemics because of the plague. Yep. 450 years unbroken and now I've just subscribed to a book of, of empty theatres and we felt it in Melbourne. And Broadway closed for a year. This is heartbreaking, not just the jobs and the dreams, but also the lack of community celebration. And, and I have to say, the fact I'm talking to you about doing live gigs again, I'm almost tearful because it's a genuinely <laughs> moving so. thing. Well, Shakespeare would be proud to know you've popped on the pantaloons <laughs> and you're getting back out there. You have frontline troops. Thank you for your time. Just quickly before we go, I know it's all about stand-up for you at the moment. Can you tell me you're writing something or working on Very something? Much. Because you've given us Ooh. so much great work over the years. I just couldn't couldn't bear to think that you weren't uh, working away on something. It's lovely to hear. I, I, a sitcom that's been a big hit in Britain, I, I finally got another hit, I couldn't believe it, called Upstart Crow, about Shakespeare, actually. It's, gone great. it's only marginally known over here, but it's been a huge hit in Britain, and that was what I got the Olivia nomination for. Mm. Um, and so I, I actually wrote a lockdown special for the BBC, and that went over on at Christmas with Shakespeare in lockdown, because he would have right. been. I mean, and it, and it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know, hoarding his turnips. <laughs> it, it was uh, yeah, hoarding the damp moss for, for the privy. Uh, and uh, uh, so I've been writing that, but also I can't, I won't say what it's about, but yes, I have a screenwriting commission, right. which oh. is rather exciting, and I hope you're going to see something from me on the screen quite soon. It's kind of you to say that. Uh, well. I know you've followed my writing for a long, long time. And we've often talked, so thanks for that. Good on you, Ben. Thank you for mm. your time today, and thank you for getting back out there yeah. and uh, entertaining. It. It's like entertaining the troops in a, in a, a difficult time, uh, and we just love it, and yeah, you're the best in the business. Thank you, and good luck, Dave. Thank well, you. Where do we go for those? Yeah, livenation.com.au, all the info on tickets there, commencing Tuesday, March 30, all the way through to the end of April. Get amongst it. Ben Elton joining us right here on Malloy on Triple M. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys.